Hello. Hej. 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 I'll do this for a half hour. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Just adjust microphones and say hello over and over. It's really pretty much all I've got. So. Me too. I'm happy to do just different tones, different voices, <laughs> different moods. We can go through a variety. The greetings episode. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Totally. I just made it through a long weekend with my family, so... Yeah. It's going to take me a few hours. So now you're going to celebrate with this conversation. <laughs> Pour a glass of wine at 8 in the morning. I have already had some chocolate, I'll confess. That's great. Before 8 a.m., which I shouldn't because it's not my kind. Like, it has some sugar in it, very little, but still. Um, it still makes me feel kind of terrible. So I've been torn because part of me wants to make you a batch of these cookies and part of me is like, I don't want to make you sick. But I think they're like healthier than most things, but I make sugar. myself sick. You don't, there's definitely nothing you could give me that would make me more sick than what I'm already giving myself. I've been worried about your food. That's how I am, honestly. I'm worried that you're you nourishing sh yourself this week. You know what? You should be worried because <laughs> I'm not doing it right. I feel like I should cook a bunch of stuff and just drop it off. Nah, something. I wouldn't. There's no taming. There's no taming my choices at this moment. Um, I'm right now eating uh, like a ham and cheese croissant from my dad's house. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just try to stay away from the sugar. Oh. Okay. Everything else, um, I think you'll be fine with. Um, the feels releases online in two days. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> that's um, why I was texting you last night, being like, "I'm not sure if you have time for this conversation." You know what's so funny is like the leading up to. There are these moments when I'm sort of like, "I have so much to do." I sorry, I can't go out tonight. You know, or wow, I have to you know work through watching this movie or something. You know. Um, and then I actually sit down and I'm like, wait, but what do I have to do? What, mm -hmm. what is there? You know, yeah. it's this funny, I mean, the reality is actually there's a lot to do in terms of like, there's a whole episode I didn't animate yet, but I've been putting it off because I'm like, no, no, there's things I have to do before it releases. And then sometimes I sit down and I'm like, but like what? I think because there's this feeling of like, Oh, there's so much I should do to like help get the word out. Like, you know, be more famous for the past five years. <laughs> and like, and like. That's exactly it. Yeah. I understand <laughs> or, this. Completely. Or at least like have more famous friends for the past, like, you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, but then you're sort of like, wait, well, I don't, I didn't do that. So maybe I'll just um, enjoy you know, watching TV with my partner and my cat and uh, and then go to bed at a reasonable hour. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard, you know. So it's a weird balance to figure out between, like, am I, um, you know, should I be working harder? Or is there a point where you're like, no, you just got to let it exist. It Genuinely, I don't really know. 
you know, if you're supposed to be like all day, every moment, like feeling like a maniac, but mm. then I'm like, what am I supposed to do though? I don't know mm. what to do. Um, I mean, there are thing there are things to do, but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. I think I struggle too when the things to do are like, they feel like small or puttering kind of things. Like, for instance, on my list for today is to take my winter coat to the um, shop to get mended, to take Amelia's boot to the shoe shop to get a zipper replaced, to go mm-hmm. to this one particular food market that has this one particular type of recycling bag so that I can recycle Lucy's, you know, giant cardboard things uh, slightly wow. more... Um, subtly you know you're a good person you're a very good person um it's like it's hard when they're like these little tiny things though because you just feel like but that's not a big job but it's still all these little things have to happen and i'm trying to just like stay with them even though um and they all have to do with like physical objects in the ordinary world which is all my work right now which is everything that i would love to have a life that doesn't make me (laughs) interact with them you know like I would love to kind of own nothing so that I don't have to think about these things or just have like a very simple boxcar children kind of experience where it's like here's my one cup and I use it and then I wash it and here's my two pairs of clothes and I wear one and wash the other you know what I mean like there's this way that um it's just it's just not where I want to spend my brain power and it gives me grief to lose so much of it to it but it's also uh important work because come that first snowstorm it's gonna matter to us that our coats and boots are repaired Mm -hmm. and that we don't have to like scramble suddenly to be like wait where do we go buy these things um in a way it's the only important work right but it's um it's the kind of thing that my heart gets very squirrely about. And um, it's hard for me to just stay with it. Take some discipline and some, a lot of awareness to be like, no, those things are happening today. Um, so, I think I'm the same way, but why do you think that is? Like, why is it very challenging to just uh, do normal things like that well don't you think everything around us is like always valuing the mundane less and less um you know like if you watch a cop show you never see them like proportionately sitting at their desk and filling out paperwork (laughs) you know there's Um, no cop cops aren't dropping off their laundry and they're mm -hmm. definitely not doing their laundry at the laundromat. Right. I mean, I think I'm always intrigued by art that works those ordinary things into the narrative because that's how life feels. And it somehow closes the gap between art and life for me to see someone try to portray it that way. Um, Because that's how real life is, you know? It's like um, 
if you were making a story about my move to New York, you could have like this whole dramatic scene where I walk the Brooklyn Bridge at night and I'm like pensive and it's like beautifully lit, you know? And it's like, uh, yeah, that's the movie version. But the real version is I'll be dropping off the boot at the shoe shop <laughs> and seeing my Russian friend there and um, I'll be buying these particular kinds of recycling bags. Um, and I don't know, I think we love the things that are the glamorous parts or the parts that you feel like will be really important or really urgent. Like that episode doesn't feel very urgent to you yet because there's still X number of days before it has to be done, you know? Mm-hmm. But at some point, <laughs> it'll, yeah. hit the, it'll hit the urgency radar. Yeah. Um, probably should have already. I would love to watch like a romantic comedy that's just, um, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. waiting for the subway. I know. Like. I know. Or like one or, person uh, sitting at the table while the other person goes to the restroom. Yeah. Looking like in, at the menu. In real time. Yeah. Like some, like one person's indecisive looking at the menu. <laughs> Or like one person goes to the bathroom line and then there's kind of a long line and they're like, do I wait? <laughs> but if I wait on the line, also my the person I'm with won't know there was a line. They'll just think I just spent <laughs> 10 minutes in the bathroom. I have that concern all the time. I'm like, I want to tell people that wasn't me. I was waiting for most of that time. Me, I was in and out. Yeah, that would be amazing. I want to see that movie someday. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Naja and I have joked that uh, the field, you know, since we only show like, you know, three minutes of a day and it's not entirely narrative, although it sort of is. Uh, sometimes we say that it's actually a murder mystery show, but we just <laughs> we just cut out all those scenes. <laughs> and it's just like the other moments of this person's day. <laughs> Like, but it's actually really like there was a murder in that first episode. Like, but we just cut around it. I'm never gonna watch it the same way again. It's dark. It's pretty dark if you see it through that lens. It's a really dark show. I feel like a big possibility for a fan fiction piece, like right there. Yeah, totally. And then it's also a reverse because, like, oh, you think this character is very emotion emotional, but like, no, he's a sociopath. Like, someone just got murdered. And he's out here, you know, having a drink with a friend. Amazing. Listen, I don't know. I I feel like there is this, um, I don't know, it feels like this inner showdown, though, that always happens between, like, what you're actually able to do to get ready for a release or a promotional spell or an introduction of new work to the world versus... Wait, which one did I say? Like what between like what you're actually able to do or what, what you mm. actually execute versus this imaginary idea of what you should be doing instead or how you should have played it instead. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I feel like it's like a strange kind of reckoning. Um and it can it has the potential to take like a lot of joy out of it if you if you put too much stock in that imaginary 
hypothetical idea of like the dream person and how they would be handling it right now. You know? I literally don't even really know what they would be doing though. You know what I mean? I know. And I know sometimes you and I try to like listen to those like people who claim to know these things talk about them and it doesn't generally hold our attention long enough for us to even hear what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who claims to have a formula about it, I immediately distrust them. Yeah. There's also almost, there's only so much you can do before it's irritating too. And I would, that's, you know. Right. I I figure if it's boring to me, it'll definitely be boring to someone else. There's no one who will be more interested in what I'm doing than me. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if I am not fascinated by something I'm doing, then, like, almost definitely nobody else will. The only part that that breaks down for me is that we see all the things we're doing and we hear all the places we're saying them when the actual people following our work maybe are only hitting, like, one out of ten. Mm-hmm. of ones that they're actually like seeing or receiving and I think that's where it becomes a bit of a guessing game you know I had that conversation with someone in my writing group who's uh, working on a book proposal right now and he just done like a handful of like or a bunch I don't really know of like speaking events or things like on this topic because um, he happened to have become like someone who people wanted to talk to about this thing and in the book proposal, there were like a couple lines that I underlined that I was like, this, this is like huge and made me nod my head and like kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I was like, and I feel like it's probably just like second nature to you or you don't even realize that these statements like mean a lot. But to me, they kind of blew my mind. And he was like, yeah, I've been saying that for like months at these speaking things or in these interviews, you know, and I'm kind of like tired of it and I figure everyone must know this by now and I was like I definitely didn't know it or at least I didn't have these good of words to put it to you know what I mean right so but then you can run into something like I feel like 50% of my examples about anything involved Mike Berbiglia but I remember there was a time where like I'd seen because I'd seen him well because I'd seen him do a particular show like in eight different versions so I'd heard like a certain line or two, like eight different times and eight different ways, you know. Um, and in the same way that at this point, like you know, there's certainly people in my life who've read the same sentence from me a hundred times or or heard the same line from me a hundred times. But maybe that's just the way it goes. If you're some, you know, it's sort of like I, I guess if you follow someone that closely, you're gonna there's a certain amount of things you're gonna hear over and over, and that's fine. But then maybe. As long as there's a couple things that are like, you know, you only get if you're following pretty closely. I've had that happen you know? before. Yeah, I've had that happen when I was like deep diving artist interviews on YouTube or something where it's like a reading with a Q&A, you know, yeah. and it's recorded and me thinking like, oh, that person said the same thing when I saw them in New York. Mm-hmm. And does that make it less special, you know? That it wasn't just in the room, but the way we're capturing things. I, also, I was like, gosh, how much pressure this person has 50 stops on their book tour that they have to come up with 50 original mm-hmm. responses for this question they're going to get over and over again. And that, a lot of... Yeah. 
No, no, go, go. That It just doesn't seem like a, a realistic expectation. And to realize that the people in the room that night hadn't heard what was said in the room in New York, yeah. that that's just kind of a YouTube thing. And not everyone even watching YouTube knows that there was a repetition. So like you said, some of it you just have to be like, this is the price you pay for being a super fan, yeah. is that you're going to like hit on those repetition moments. I think it's also kind of fine because it's like, in my real life, I say the same things over mm-hmm. and over and over, you know? Yeah, I'm telling I the know. same <laughs> stories to friends that my partner has heard eight <laughs> times, you know, like a million times. Um, and also, I need to recount the same things over and over yeah. as like a reminder to myself too. So in that way, it's kind of okay. Um, so, um, and when and I never mind when friends repeat something because I think, a my memory isn't so great that there's nothing new that I haven't remembered about it, and b I always just think, oh, there's a reason why I'm hearing this again at this moment in time, and I'm always listening for that, you know. Yeah. Um, because yeah. there's a different thing about, and I guess I get cranky with people who are impatient. Like I've heard this before. I'm like. Yeah, that's not the point. Like, listen for why you're hearing it now, why you're hearing it again, what what there is new in it. And the truth is, people who love your work, I, I just feel like I want to hear everything. I want to hear yeah. all the bits, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, one of the... Sorry, go. And I just want to know how you're doing, too. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think if you're someone like me who's kind of... um. I don't know if it's really the right word, but absent-minded is an easy word to use. Like, Mm -hmm. I forget almost everything all the time anyway. Yeah, I know. So it might be be possible for me to say literally 50 times, like, there isn't a lot of representation of bi men in the media, you know? And each time I can go, oh, my God, this is really true. I know. I never realize Every time I can go, wow, I never realized that because I'm actually that dumb that I can forget <laughs> um, things. So that's maybe good that I'm that dumb well, I for even publicity. Have, I even have things like that, just about things that are like truths that are difficult for me to sit with or hang on to, you know? That Those, you what? That you'll that I that I forget and then I re remember. And anyone following closely yeah. is like, Oh yeah, didn't you have the same like big revelation like a year ago? Like, come on. <laughs> I had a former student yeah. say or somebody said that to me at some point, like But didn't you realize that, that part in your solo show that like you were loved and everything was fine? And I was just like, Uh Yes. <laughs> I did. That's something that happened in that story mm. that I told on stage that night. But then, you know. Yeah, but who can hold on to that? And it was a few minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's something, when I just, I'm, I'm journaling again, basically because I really uh, need to get myself together because um, I just let it all go in the past few months. And one of the things that I just kind of have to learn to deal with is like this exhaustion of, uh, oh, I'm going to be figuring out the same mental BS, mental, emotional, whatever BS, you know, basically for the rest of my life, you know, and I'm going to have to keep processing it all the time. Um, 
But the reality is, as much as I might move forward a little bit every now and then, mm. I'm falling into the same sort of loopholes that I always did. And the only difference is maybe that I got used to processing them. But if I stop kind of, I don't know if this is vague or not, but if I stop working through it on a nearly daily basis, it builds back up, you know, and I get thrown back into like the same disaster version of myself from like eight years ago, you know, I really like the number eight today. Um, so, but that's something I'm kind of reckoning with in the past day or two is like, well, I guess I'm going to just have to keep processing this because if I don't, it'll just build back up. But it's kind of a bummer. You know, it feels, uh, feels like you should be over it or something, but I don't think that's really the way that it works. I think it has to be a daily or nearly daily practice in the same way that like, because if you don't, then it just becomes like a daily practice of like negative habits or negative patterns of your mind that like throw you back in and pile up, you know? So I don't know if that was really vague, but. I think it, it helps me a little bit if I, I think at some point I switched from thinking like, these things are like a question that are meant for me to answer and then move on to a new question. And I just started thinking like, oh, these themes are going to be recurring themes for this lifetime and for my work. You know, like love and belonging are always going to be a theme for me. No matter how like much work I do or how far evolved I get along the path there's just I don't know maybe it makes me feel like kinder to myself about the way that they don't really dissipate or when they when I do have big moments it's still around those things yeah. you know and the yeah. things that move me or stick with me they're I mean, for someone else with a different theme, they would live through my same experiences and they would have magnetism to something else. Um, like, I don't know, anything else. But for me, that's what I'm always like getting a magnet for. Those are the things that stick. Those are the moments like when I come back from seeing my family or whatever, like all the stories I have to tell are always around that same campfire, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting. Be I think it's why I get so frustrated, like the way um, online entrepreneurs have kind of taken over and infiltrated the artistic space. And they have this, like, the way this, uh, it's like an entrepreneurial focus on this idea of branding because I'm like, that that isn't something you have to try to do. Like, Every artist has their own theme that their minds and their experiences just naturally organize around, you know? And it doesn't have to be, like, manufactured or, you know? I got to say, Jen, that's a pretty good idea. You should sell that idea. <laughs> People could use that. Oh, my gosh. It is a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's it a, is that a good idea, of but yeah. I'm like, oh, God, don't get me started. I can feel myself about to go off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, 
And I'm curious and interested and intrigued to see your work in 10 years and 20 years and to see the way that um, the themes that stay the same, but then also the way the conversation you're having about those things continues just to kind of like up level each time. Because I do think there's a progression. I do think we become more nuanced and our understanding becomes more refined. I hope so. But I can't imagine you would change so much that we wouldn't recognize you in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you're nervous about with the episodes releasing online or anything you're excited about? Um... I'm excited. I hope people like them. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a a part of me doesn't totally know how to feel about them. You know, someone from my family asked me over the weekend. They were just like, "Were you? I don't know, how'd they phrase it? Either were you proud of it, or did you like it, or what did you think about it?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. Uh, like the new season. I think it. I was like, I think it's good. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of that." feeling there's a little there's not too much fear of just someone like disliking it because that I'm just sort of like oh maybe it wasn't for you right um I have a little bit of a fear of like uh oh being over it's funny I have a little bit of a fear of being overly seen but like mistakenly seen Mm -hmm. you know like I think the the episodes that to me really are very real to me and very vulnerable, I think are not the ones that someone else might think are very close to me and very vulnerable. And so that's strange because sometimes I think that someone might, that it, I almost feel like I'm being, I, I, or I have a fear that it could be like, oh, you've overshown yourself, you know, and now we've really seen this very intimate side of you, but it's not actually... <laughs> It's not actually me. So that's unusual. Um, And I don't know if I'd prefer that or prefer that it is the, you know, that it's the the parts that do feel really, really close to me, you know, that, that someone would really see. I don't know how to phrase that sentence, but I think you know what I mean. I'm not sure which is better there. Um, for me or for the work. So that's kind of funny. Um, and I, yeah, I'm I'm scared also just that no one will watch it. You know, that would be a bummer. You know, you work hard on something and you do want people to see it. So people sound really excited though. And you've already started to build an audience for it now. A little bit, which is really nice. And, um, and I, what's out there does mean a lot to some people, so that's really nice. And I think it would mean a lot to me if it wasn't my work. I mean, it is my work, and it does mean a lot to me. It really does. But if it wasn't, and I just came across it, I think it would mean a lot to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. And everything else, I don't know. I guess we'll just see. And I'll try to go to bed at a reasonable hour and stretch in the morning and... I have no idea. So it starts Thursday, an episode a day for the month. People can watch at thefieldshow.com or youtube.com forward slash thefieldshow. Is that right? That is, that is true. Yeah, it's that is exciting. right. 
most likely it's just going to show up in a million places and you won't really be able to avoid it. <laughs> is the reality. If we're lucky. It's like it'll, it'll probably find you. Yeah. So good. You're very kind. This has been Just Between You and Me, a weekly conversation mostly about art making with 10 Letters project co-writers generally and to mainly. To learn more, visit our site, just between you and me, podcast.com. Hear more episodes or leave ratings and reviews in iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. The Ten Letters Project is available on Amazon.